0: Good morning to you, and thanks for joining The Extra, the show that connects you with issues, topics, and people that are important to you. Well, in the world of filmmaking, women have held roles, well, since filmmaking first began in the U.S., but as far as getting the recognition they deserve, it was only 14 years ago when Catherine Bigelow made history as the first woman to win the Academy Award for Best Director, and certainly there are certain categories where women have had a harder time breaking in. So today we're going to be talking about uh, the Rocky Mountain Women's Film Festival, the longest running women's film festival in North America, and we're so glad to have with us our guests for today, Nicole Nicoletta and Linda Broker. Ladies, welcome to the show. Good morning. Let's start with Nicole. Uh, I'd like you to tell us about the organization.
1: Sure, so Rocky Mountain Women's Film uh, has been around this year, it'll be 37 years. We are the longest-running women's film festival in North America, and the organization was started by two fabulous women, Donna Guthrie and Jerry Martin. They went to the film festival in Telluride 37 years ago and came back to Colorado Springs and said, how can we ignite film, independent film specifically um, created by, written by, directed by, or featuring women? And uh, it started as all-volunteer, and we've grown into a staff of four and still very fortunate to have a a strong group of volunteers who help this organization thrive and an incredible board of directors. So uh, that's it in a nutshell. We have the film festival and a variety of other programs.
0: How did you get involved?
1: I actually have been attending the festival since high school, um, back in the 80s and 90s. And um, when I saw that they were looking for an executive director, uh, I jumped right on it. I couldn't believe it could be possible. And so I've been with them for not quite a year now.
0: And and when you uh, jumped into it, I mean, obviously, this is something that lit a fire in you. Uh, What is it that is the driver for the people who volunteer and get involved in this?
1: You know, I'm going to say that it's the relatable material that comes through the films that uh, Linda Broker curates for our programming. You know, the topic of so many of these documentaries, whether it's a short film or a feature-length film, is something that we can all relate to. There's some element in almost every film that we've either experienced or we have dreamt of or whatever that may be, and it just feels... uh, like you can connect with the people who are on the screen, and it's oftentimes, if not always, just extremely inspiring, or certainly something that leaves you with wanting to sit and contemplate uh, what you just learned about, perhaps a new perspective.
0: What are the parameters for uh, to be considered for a Rocky Mountain women's film? I mean, does it need to be a film uh, directed by a woman, uh, produced by a woman, how does that work?
1: So I, um, I can speak to that briefly, but I really think that Linda Broker, who is our artistic director, she can speak to that um, much more eloquently. She's been with the organization for over 20 years, and she is the one who puts all of our, um, the festival material and our monthly programming together
0: well let me uh, that was going to lead into my next question though sure. is that if if women are so highly involved in the creative process does that then lend these films in your opinion uh, a more personal feel a more um uh maybe touching on real lives feel
1: that's a great question shannon i would say yes you know when i think about it the majority of the films definitely are elevating the voices of women but also the voices of those who are often unheard or unseen. So we have had films that touch on issues of maybe food insecurity or uh, poverty or, um, you know, situations and domestic situations. So I would say, yes, there is that lens, the female lens for sure. Uh, but we do have we do have quite a few um, awesome men who attend our events, and um, I believe they get just as much from it.
0: Now, you were saying you haven't been in your current role for so long, but have been involved with the organization for some time, uh, in in various capacities. So let's talk about the uh, trajectory that film has gone through, because there was a period during the pandemic when movie theaters were struggling so bad that. There were some that projected or predicted that there might be a demise of uh, filmmaking.
1: Yeah, that's true. And, you know, what women's film did during that time, as so many nonprofits across the nation and, of course, here in El Paso County, had to become extremely uh, creative and adaptable. And so when the pandemic hit, uh, we turned a lot of our attention to virtual Uh, programming. So we've carried that over now, too. You can see some of the film festival virtually after the festival weekend. But I would say that it is still alive and well. People are still uh, creating, they're writing, they're performing. Um... Maybe it just needs a little more time. Quite honestly, when you think about it, it's only been four years, right? Which sounds like a long time. But when you're in the recovery phase of something as massive as that pandemic, uh, I think it's just going to take a little time to bounce back. But it is alive and well out there.
0: And most people, you know, don't realize that Time that goes into uh, films. I mean, uh, through the typical studio process, I mean, you have the, the time between when it's greenlit to when production starts. But how does that work in the films that you're dealing with? I mean, what kind of timeline are you looking at? How long does it take for some of these films to get made?
1: Uh, that, these are good questions, and I can't wait for Linda to jump on the line because she is the one who needs to answer that. Um, I, yeah, I could make a I could make a guess at that, but she has firsthand experience, um, and she's also um, part of the Film Festival Alliance, which is a national organization. so she can she'll be able to speak real clearly to that.
0: All right. Well, we'll look forward to that. In the meantime, why don't you give us a rundown of what people can expect for the Rocky Mountain Film Festival weekend?
1: Yes, okay, so October 18th through the 20th at Colorado College, which we've been there almost the entire existence of the organization, so it's a great partnership. Uh, We have films um, in the evening on Friday uh, and a big kickoff party with live music and food and wine, and then Saturday and Sunday we have films all day long from 9 a.m. until 6 or 8 p.m., and um, yeah, just come and – uh, enjoy the films and uh, be ready to have an open mind, be ready to have possible conversation with folks. Uh, yeah, it's going to be great. We'll have the schedule out, and, and it's real fun for people to go through and pick the ones that they're looking for.
0: Right, and one of the great things is uh, that camar- camaraderie, as you talked about, because the audience is going in search of the same thing, in search of you know some enlightenment and some uh, really fine filmmaking.
1: That's right. And it's so true, Shannon. It's one thing to watch a film at home, and I'm all for that. It's a very different experience when you watch it with a group of people, and you feel those emotions, and maybe you pass someone by later in the day that was in the theater with you and talk about it and get their perspective. It's a fabulous experience.
0: All right. Well, we have been so pleased to talk with you, Nicole Nicoletta. uh, I know you're going to stick around and talk more about uh, some of the programs that go along with Rocky Mountain Women's Film. But let's uh, take a break here. And when we come back, we're hoping to get Linda Broker on the line. And she's going to be talking to us about uh, some of the selection process for the films in the festival. That and more when the Extra continues. Welcome back to The Extra, the show that connects you with the issues, topics, and people that are important to you. And today our focus is on Rocky Mountain women's film. And uh, we are so pleased to have with us Nicole Nicoletta, who we were speaking to just a short while ago, and also Linda Broker, who is on the line. Linda, welcome to The Extra. Thanks
2: for having us.
0: So, tell us about uh, your role at Rocky Mountain Women's Film and and how you go about doing what you do to make this film festival a hit.
2: Well, I am um responsible for um I'm really making sure that all of our programming is um as top-notch as it can be and i get the really fun job of watching lots and lots of films um And along with a crew of other folks deciding which ones end up being programmed for both the festival and for other events that we host throughout the year. So right now we're actively programming for Shorts Night, which is an event coming up in April, April 19th to be exact. Um, That programming job is really fun because you can watch a lot of films in a short period of time. The festival is much more time consuming because we're watching a lot of feature length films.
0: Right. And you, I mean, that takes a lot of time. Like you said, it's usually two and a half hours or so, maybe a little bit less. Um, When it comes to the parameters uh, for the films uh, that you're looking at, what are the parameters? I mean, what makes it a, a woman's film? So for the festival specifically, we're looking at films that are
2: either by or about women. So if a woman has been involved in it has played a primary role in the creative process of the film um, it will be eligible for consideration so that can be as director obviously but also um, sometimes we'll consider films where lots of films actually where the producer is a woman um, and sometimes the editor cinematographer sometimes it will will go sort of deep in the credits Um, but if a film is reflective of our mission, which is to celebrate the drive spirit and diversity of women, then um, it can actually be an all-male cast, because the content would qualify it for consideration.
0: I see. What do you think resonates so much with the films that are selected? Hmm. Um... I mean, is it is it I, I, that you're bringing a, a, a slice of humanity that maybe uh, people don't get in the regular offerings that Hollywood has?
2: It, absolutely. I also feel that, it, you know, in addition to that, a lot of the films really provide uh, a window to the world that um, gives people the opportunity to see or experience something that the otherwise, um, you know, would never have a chance to uh, be exposed to. So I think that there's um, sort of a a combination of things where um, Nicole was uh, speaking earlier about how a lot of films, um, people have a lot of connections with the films, and that certainly happens. But in addition, there's a lot of discovery that happens um, through the course of the festival and exposure to those films.
0: All right. What what's been your favorite film over the years? Is it? Is it have you been able to pick one? <laughs> um,
2: I would say um, no. I, <laughs> I I could not pick one uh, for two reasons. One because I've watched so many films over the years that now it's really hard for me to remember them all. So if I picked one favorite, uh, another one would certainly pop back into my head. But I will say I I will tell you the one that does actually pop into my head in this moment, if you ask me this question tomorrow, I'd probably have a different answer. But there was a film uh, years ago called A Walk to Beautiful. Mm. And it was about women in Ethiopia who had um, experienced a a, a childbirth injury um, that caused them uh, to have uh, medical complications. The film was about these women um, getting help and being sort of returned to their communities. Um, very, very uplifting. It's a huge issue in that country. And again, something that you never otherwise would have would have known about.
0: Interesting. And, and I know you've uh, been quoted also in, in interviews saying uh, a, a movie about plastic bags was very <laughs> changing for your life. Tell us about that
2: yeah that that was definitely another one of my uh, all-time favorites a film called bag it and it was all about single-use plastic and the impact it has um and and at this point that film is probably uh, well, i don't know maybe 10 years old um and you know uh everyone watches it and they get all fired up about banning um at least plastic bags and um we're just now kind of getting around to it. So
0: um, I
2: guess um, late is better than never.
0: <laughs> Sometimes they can affect change, but uh, maybe a little yeah. bit like watching, uh, I don't know, watching, I don't know, something very slow going by a sloth. <laughs>
2: like, but I will say one of the great things about that film is that it was it was done in a very, very entertaining way. Um, Uh, way. There was a lot of humor involved in it. And I think it ended up making it really um, something that people found very accessible, as opposed to, you know, Al Gore and Inconvenient Truth sort of a format.
0: Okay, well, and someday, wouldn't it be nice to have a retrospective of some of these impactful movies? but, Mm. (laughs) But in the meantime, when do you announce the movies that are going to be in the Rocky Mountain Women's Film Festival?
2: Well, it's a a long process. We're just getting started now with the initial um, uh, previewing and we will uh, lock our program probably around uh, the middle of August and all of the films will be announced in early September.
0: Okay, look forward to that. Very exciting. Well, Linda, thank you for joining us. I know uh, you have to go, so uh, we're so grateful that we were able to talk to you about uh, some of these questions. When we come back, we're going to be talking about some of the other programming that is offered by Rocky Mountain Women's Film. That, when the extra continues, you're listening to KRDO News Radio. We're back with The Extra, and today our focus on the Rocky Mountain Women's Film Organization. And Nicole Nicoletta rejoining us. uh, Let's talk about this aspect of the programming called Film in Community. Uh, Tell us about this.
1: You bet. This is such an exciting program that we have. It is a completely free, once-a-month film, and we show a film from previous Film festivals, and we have a a library here in our office in the Lincoln Center. Um, And we partner with organizations throughout the Colorado Springs area, and we take the film to them. We have our amazing AV technical director, Karen Waldorf. She sets up the screen, does all the AV. And we just hope that, and typically how it works, we connect with the audience from that organization. So we're just sort of um, elevating our. Um, reach, right, increasing our reach and hoping that uh, we're reaching people who maybe wouldn't come to the festival, maybe either haven't heard about us or, you know, not everybody wants to go to three days of films, um, but the film is still powerful. So we take it to them. And we just had a wonderful evening uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, ramping up some new partnerships with with some local organizations to show films. And that's very exciting. But our first one to kick off the year is this coming Saturday at the Oramayo Dance Company. We'll be showing Going to Mars, the Nikki Giovanni project.
0: Oh, tell us about that. Do you have any uh, like a blurb about it? We have a blurb about it, and I can pull it
1: up and um, speak to you about it. In fact, one piece about this is great, which, by the way, you can watch the trailer. You can register. It's free, but we do ask you to register because it is um, limited seating. But um, this is a film that we were hoping to have at the 2023 Film Festival, and for a variety of reasons, we weren't able to. So we are just beyond excited that we're able to have it in celebration of Black History Month. Um but this woman, Nikki Giovanni, is um, she's a poet, and she is <clears throat> has this incredible um, ability and skill and passion for telling the story and for telling her story. and for all of the experiences she has had in her life, uh, in large part because of uh, her race. So it should be a very powerful, uh, inspiring, Film that day doors open at one thirty. show starts at 2 we'll have some complimentary snacks and um, water and lemonade and uh, again you can visit our website rmwfilm.org to register for that
0: okay great that sounds uh, like a really a great way to uh, honor Black History Month too mm-hmm. um, yeah. so let's also talk about uh, programs that you have called pop-up cinema and film club
1: yes okay so pop-up cinema we um, just scheduled our entire year. We go up until September with our monthly programming, and then we're just, you know, completely focused on the film festival. But the pop-up cinema was started last year when, as you may know, uh, the Peak Theater, downtown Kimballs Theater, closed down, and... Uh, Folks were coming to Rocky Mountain Women's Film saying, hey, is there any way you can sort of fill this void now mm-hmm. of independent film and new releases specifically? So the team got together and said, yeah, you know we can. So Ivy Wild Gym is where we do it, and it's once a, once a month, the first Tuesday of each month, beginning April 2nd, no, nope, excuse me, yeah, April 2nd, and it's uh, $15, and of course you can get food and drinks and whatever you want at the Ivy Wild School. And um, these films are, like I said, new releases and uh, haven't really been seen by too many people. So it's an exciting opportunity to see some incredible feature-length films um, from independent producers.
0: And, and that uh, offering on April 2nd, The Taste of Things with yeah. Juliet Binoche. I've heard great things about this movie.
1: Oh, good. I know that tra- I haven't seen it, uh, but I mean, the trailer is I'm a foodie uh, at heart, for sure. So um, I'm all about it.
0: Yeah, it's about, I'm reading from the description, bonding over a passion for gastronomy and mutual admiration. The relationship between peerless cook Eugenie and famous gourmet Dodin develops into romance. Yeah, that sounds good. That's I know. A, <laughs> that sounds almost as good as uh, her other one. I, 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 you know, that, that I think uh, she was the star of Chocolat, right? That had oh, me all gosh, yeah, yes. back in the day. That oh, was a man, good one.
1: yeah. That was fantastic. You're right. Okay. You're right. So
0: so then also there's a program called Film Club. Is that is that something different?
1: Film Club is different. So Film Club is our micro cinema, and it happens here in our office in the Lincoln School. And it's a suggested donation of $5, but by all means, come and come for free. Um, And that is once a month, and we do have those dates as well set aside. You can find all of those on our website. And those are films that have been um, shown at a previous film festival. So last week, yeah, last week was our first one of the season, and we showed The Return of Tanya Tucker. We had about 40 folks uh, here in the microcinema. It was great. Uh, We always have complimentary popcorn, of course. (laughs) <laughs> um, but similar to Ivy wild, you can go to goat patch and get yourself a drink. You can go across the hall to building three and get some food and drink. Um, so it's just a very nice, very relaxed, uh, wonderful way to watch a film with other folks.
0: Right, that you get that sense of community that we were talking about—that's so important. Mm-hmm. Uh, we yeah. talked about in the in our first segment, and uh, and well, free popcorn. I mean, right. I'm very particular about my popcorn. <laughs> I worked in a movie theater growing up, so I mean, I am, you I know. am like I order like in the Sally character, and when Harry met Sally, and she orders <laughs> a salad. I'm like that with my popcorn. The poor movie <laughs> folks have to be just dreading whenever I show up. So. You know, oh, we'll I'll have my I'll want. have my popcorn. It needs to be buttered and in the middle and salted, but just and then shaken and, and then it, just give it to me. I can do it better, you know. Yeah, there you go. yeah there I'm ready. I'm ready to take to take the reins. All right. Well, we need to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about the best of the fest. That's another item of programming uh, through Rocky Mountain Women's Film. Keep on listening to the extra here on KRDO News Radio. We're back with our show today focused on Rocky Mountain Women's Film, the longest-running women's film festival in North America. And our guests, uh, we earlier heard from Linda Broker, who is in charge of programming and selecting the films that make it into the Rocky Mountain Women's Film Festival. We heard that we're going to probably be seeing an announcement about what films will be slated uh, sometime this fall. It takes a while because uh, given the number of films that are submitted, for consideration etc they will be making that selection process over the next couple of months nicole nicoletta also joining us and she was telling us about some of the other aspects of Rocky Mountain Women's Film that are not tied to that uh, weekend when all those films are shown. So uh, we were talking about the pop-up cinema and film in community, both of which are excellent, and the film club, all three are excellent, excellent ideas for such a film-loving community as I think Southern Colorado is. Now let's talk about Best of the Fest. What's that?
1: Oh yeah, we are very excited about this. So this is the first time for doing this uh, mini festival, if you will. Uh, It is Monday through Saturday, March 4th through the 9th. And it's at our office. There will be two screenings a day, 4 p.m. and 7 p.m. And these are the top fan favorites of the 2023 Film Festival. So if you weren't able to make it to the festival last fall, or you did, and these are your top favorites, This is definitely somewhere you want to be. Um, Again, you can come in. We have complimentary popcorn. But uh, Goat Patch, uh, we'll be having some great drink specials. Across the hall is Building 3 where you can get some yummy food. And there's always a food truck outside at Goat Patch. And um, really, it's just another opportunity to bring film to the community. It is a ticketed event, $15 per film. And... um, We have a couple, I mean, one in particular, 26.2 to Life, a phenomenal film. And we're very thankful to our sponsors at the Colorado Running Company for sponsoring this film. And uh, you can see the trailer and the write-up on our website, of course. But uh, it takes place in the San Quentin prison. And there's a marathon program for any of the uh, inmates who choose to sign up for that. And it's just an incredible, incredible story about how running this marathon in the prison, uh, has changed some of these men's lives. It's, it's, it's awesome.
0: Mm. And, and you talk often about your location. Let's give that to the audience. It's 2727 North Cascade. You're in suite 140. So it's right there before you get to, uh, Nevada, if you're going, uh, North on Cascade, right?
1: Uh, just before you get to, if you're going North on Cascade, it's just before you get to Fillmore.
0: Fillmore. Okay, sorry, yep. Fillmore.
1: Yep.
0: Okay, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah so ne- Nevada real, runs real. parallel. Yeah, 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 you're right. right.
1: <laughs> real close to Corpus Christi School, mm-hmm. uh, Penrose, we're just, uh, you know, a block or two down from Penrose Hospital, um, and hour. there's parking in the back of the building on the uh, northeast side, and then, of course, the main parking lot, but you'll see signs, and certainly during the festival, we'll have some signage out by the front door, because, you know, even if, I mean, there's signs, but you know how it is. If you're not familiar with a with a building, it's like where the heck is this place? But, yeah, you but we'll might make sure we have some signage out there. Yeah, this it is such a great place to have an office. These um other folks who have their businesses in this building, they're just uh, they're great neighbors.
0: And and very creative too. And and let's talk about why the timing of this is so good, because this is leading up right to the Oscars, right? Yeah. Yeah,
1: you know, and, and <clears throat> to be honest with you, it's this is just the season of awards, right? This is mm-hmm. the season of of really highlighting uh, incredible performers. So, uh, yeah, you can get your own little taste of that right here. We're not doing any awards, but we're featuring some amazingness. So, yeah, good timing.
0: Yeah, that maybe doesn't get quite the exposure that some of those uh, bigger Hollywood productions like Oppenheimer uh, got. If they hadn't had such a wide release, I I doubt we'd be talking about such an awards juggernaut there. Um, Let's talk about you got into this through volunteering. Are there still opportunities to volunteer? You bet. Absolutely. So we always need volunteers for our Shorts Night
1: event. It's our biggest fundraiser of the year. And as Linda mentioned, it's April 19th at Stargazers Theatre. We love working with Stargazers Theatre. And so we need volunteers for that, ushers and greeters and selling tickets and handing out complimentary candy and popcorn. Uh, and then we always need, we are so thankful and dependent upon our volunteers for the film festival. And um, depending on how many shifts you work, you know, you get some passes. And, um, yeah, it's it's a wonderful opportunity. Once you do your shift, you can pop into a theater and watch some films. Um, and all of that can be, uh, you can learn more about that through our website and certainly sign up and say, hey, please let me know to our awesome volunteer coordinator, Stacey Poore, uh, that you'd like to volunteer for a shift.
0: And again, the website is rmwfilm.org. And and there's also not just those opportunities, not just opportunities to be an audience member, but opportunities to uh, really uh, maybe get your business involved. Uh, Tell us about those sponsorship opportunities.
1: Sure. Every event that we have, has uh, a variety of opportunities to be a sponsor. You can be a sponsor at the film level uh, for pop up specifically, or as an example, it's $1,000 per film. Or you could be a sponsor for the whole series, which is $5,000. Um, and you get lots of marketing out of us, for sure. Um, social print, and our website, newsletters that go out to about uh, 3,000, 4,000 people, um, for the festival, the film festival in the fall, we have a variety of levels of sponsorship for that, between uh, 1,200 all the way up to uh, 20,000. And we have a fantastic program, paper program that we print, and depending on the level of sponsorship, you'll get an ad in there. Uh, Terra Verde is a great example; they are longtime sponsors and. Um, when you get your ticket to the festival in the fall, you also get a 20% off coupon to Terra Verde. So that's an exciting partnership. Um, yeah, so I mean it's it's just we do a great kickoff event the Thursday night before the festival for the sponsors, uh, live music and fantastic food from Summit Catering. And um, just a, a lot of gratitude, and they have the chance that Thursday evening to meet the filmmakers who attend the festival. So we have filmmaker forums Saturday and Sunday during the festival, and on Thursday night, uh, they stand up and speak for a moment about their film, and it's, it's a very powerful moment, uh, if you believe in the work that we do, to um, interact with these filmmakers. It's really fantastic
0: yeah I think yeah last year we got to interview uh, one of the filmmakers who who told about uh, you know the process and and how intriguing that was to to hear about that process and really what goes into uh, making some of these impactful and personal Uh, movies. Well Nicole Nicoletta thank you for joining us here on The Extra. Again their website is rmwfilm.org and you can also find them at their location on North Cascade and uh, just want to remind you that uh, mini film festival the best of the fest that she was talking about starting Monday March 4th. uh, The first movie on there Dear 13 followed by When My Sleeping Dragon Woke and then a selection of movies continuing through Saturday, March 9th. So uh, best of luck on that and all the other wonderful offerings uh, that you're going to be uh, sampling and providing for us uh, cinephiles in the Southern Colorado region. Thanks to you, Nicole. We appreciate your time. Thank you so much. And to those of you listening, we hope you enjoyed this hour talking film, talking women's film, Rocky Mountain women's film specifically. You've been listening to the extra here on KRDO News Radio. Tom Martino is up after the break. I'll join you again tomorrow, 9 to 10, for an hour of conversation right here on KRDO News Radio.